It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into a crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast. Locked On Auburn, of course, and Locked On Arkansas. John Neighbors joining us up in Arkansas, of course, of Locked On Arkansas. John, how's it going, man? Well, I guess it's going as good as it can possibly be going when you're having to cover an absolutely terrible team that's on the verge of breaking the SEC losing streak here in the next few games. So, yeah, it's going as well as that could possibly be. You know, but Arkansas has surprised me at times throughout this year. I mean, especially that game that they played in Jerry World, right, against against Texas A&M. I mean, really, at the end of that game, they, they had a solid chance to win that one. Yeah, it was weird because that game every single year is close, even though it has no business being close. Sure. I, I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's because Texas A&M doesn't really care as much about the game as Arkansas does. I don't know if it's the travel. I don't know if Jerry Jones is putting in some magic or something to try to help Arkansas. I don't know. <laughs> sure. But, uh, it seems like every single year that this game is always a close one. And, it, and it's kind of sad because after the game, we did a post-game show on my radio station here in Arkansas, and it was uh, immediately the reaction from me was, this means nothing. This means nothing that they were close because they were close last year. Last year, they were had an opportunity to tie it up. They only lost by a touchdown to Texas A&M. And what did that get you? Absolutely nothing because you still went 2-10. and 10. So I, I tried to take it that approach, and from the looks of it, especially with the performance that they had against Kentucky, it seems like uh, that was more correct where they didn't really – have anything to build off of it was just them and texas a&m having uh, one of those regular type of southwest classic games that they've been having so so no moral victory against texas a&m i mean i have th- throughout the season so far has there been any uh any moral victories for arkansas in your opinion no no i don't <laughs> okay. i don't accept moral victories i have been fully against moral victories because listen this is the sec and in the sec especially in the west it's like you got to compete I'm not saying that Arkansas needs to go out and win and win the West and even compete against Alabama or LSU or any of those teams to to win. It'd be nice, but it's a matter of just going out and being at least competitive in the division, not being a team that before the season starts, that other team circles that game and says, easy victory. I mean, you just want to be competitive. And moral victories, especially in year two of a coach, that, that's, that does not exist. That does not matter. Fans are tired of losing. They don't care about how close you get. They don't care about what the game looked like. They don't care about how good the other team looked. Unless they get a W at the end of the day, it's all for naught. So yeah. I, I don't believe in it. I know Razorback fans don't believe in it. And it's just it's about as angry and frustrated and setting into borderline apathetic of a vibe I've ever had in Razorback football history. So what's the attitude towards Coach Morris? I know uh, Chad Morris, when, when that hire was announced, that was one that I liked it. I, I thought it made a, a lot of sense for him to go to Arkansas. What's, what's the general attitude towards him right now? Everyone wants him fired. Wow. I'm just putting, I mean, everybody wants him fired. I've, I've maybe run into a couple of callers that's called in our show that said, let's see how the season plays out. Uh, but I, everyone's done. It, it's one thing if you're struggling, and it's another thing if you're trying to build something, but you're talking about Arkansas losing to San Jose State at home this year. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's not just a simple like, oh, well, it'll get better. It's just a, you're going through the growing pains. No, that is uh, completely and totally unacceptable. And it's the same way because last year they lost to North Texas and Colorado State in similar fashion. They lost to Vanderbilt, which wasn't a good team. They, they lost to Ole Miss, who was terrible. 
and and it's just it's been piling on. So it's a matter of you can't. It's not even like competing in the SEC. You can't even beat San Jose State. You can't even get to that level. And so people are saying, and I'm kind of on board with it, where if they can't be competing even against in their non-conference opponents, if they can't even win those games at home, then this needs to just be blown up and moving on because this ain't working. That's really interesting to me. Um, you know, like Zach, I, I was a fan of the Chad Morris hire. I, uh, I'm i from the Dallas area. Obviously, Chad Morris coming from SMU. And I thought it was great that they went and got a guy with, with ties to the Dallas area and knowing how many, you know, just people I know that went from Texas to Arkansas and how Arkansas is competing for a lot of those Texas recruits. And, you know, I can't sit here and say that I followed Arkansas recruiting that well, but with what Belima left behind, I would be, I'm surprised to hear that people are so quick to, to jump ship on Arkansas or on Chad Morris. Sorry. Well, I think it's just because it's been too long since it's been losing. And again, it, it's it's the way that they're losing. They're losing to teams because of not being prepared and to not looking like there's any sort of game plan. And and it's for instance, after the San Jose State loss, this is what really bothered people. After they lost to San Jose State, Coach Morris came out after the game and essentially said yeah, before the game started, I could tell that there was just this team didn't really look ready to play the game. They they were getting too giggly and giddy, and they, they, they just weren't ready. And everyone sees that as, oh, well, why didn't you get them ready? Why yeah. weren't they ready? What are you doing? to like The simple stuff like that is what's made people turn on Chad Morris. Again, it's not a matter of talent. It's a matter of planning and decision-making and mind-boggling things that's just been happening that it shouldn't be happening. It's like uh, even against Kentucky, for instance, uh, against Kentucky at right before halftime, Arkansas had a slight lead late in the game, and, and, the, and right before the right before halftime, and it was 55 seconds left to go in the game, and they had two timeouts, and they have a fantastic field goal kicker in Connor Limpert. Well, the first play that they have with the ball, they throw the ball for an eight-yard out. And they get out of bounds and whatnot. And then they run it with the clock stop. They run it and they get two yards. And it was short of a first down. And and then they're just kind of like sitting around, not really knowing what's going on. No one calls a timeout or anything. And they just let the clock run out. And it was like, okay, why would you throw the ball in an out route to try to get some extra yardage that first play, but then just run and quit on it afterwards? It's that indecisiveness and, and many things like that example which has really made the Razorback fans turn on him because I I have no doubt that he can be successful. I have no doubt that he is a successful offensive mind, that he's been successful pretty much everywhere he's been offensively. But I think that the lights are way too bright for him in an SEC school. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, John, what are the storylines going into this game from an Arkansas perspective? I mean, just kind of covering the Auburn side of this, 
I mean, Malzahn has, you know, a, a lot of ties to Arkansas. Obviously, Ar he kind of used the Arkansas job opening as leverage a few years ago to, to get a ridiculously ginormous contract where Auburn kind of feels stuck with him to some extent, especially after last year. That's the big thing going into this game from the Auburn perspective. What is it on the Arkansas side? Uh, honestly, the... <laughs> I don't really know if there is a storyline besides of all right, let's let's see how bad Arkansas will lose at this at this game. I mean, I know that I hate to be so negative about everything, but that's just the vibe I'm getting. It, no one's really looking at the game for anything. They're more or less, and again, this is just going off of our callers and our texters and everybody on the show. More or less, fans are just wanting to end this season as quickly as possible and move on from Chad Morris. They would rather forfeit the game against Auburn and Bama and LSU. Just get it over with. Don't spend your time, your effort in watching these games because they know it's not going to be close. It's not going to be a game worth watching. Just end it. And so if there was a storyline, I guess, going into this Auburn game, it would be a matter of, all right, let's see in what way Arkansas can lose the game this time. Uh, you know, it's just it's so it's so negative right now. And the the amount of passion that Razorback fans have is very high and the fans deserve a lot better than what they're getting. But this game against Auburn, it, it just doesn't do anything for them. It doesn't do anything for the player. It just doesn't do anything. So it's more like, all right, well, let's just see. Luckily, it's 11 a.m. so we can get done with it early and get on to the rest of the college football games. That's that's pretty much the general response I got for you for a storyline. I, I, that's so you, sad. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, this is all kind of, you know, rather negative. Uh, I've been watching film on Arkansas this week, and I really don't think that they're – you know, as really as bad as uh, I, I guess the actual fans of the team seem to to think they are. Uh, I think the quarterbacks do pretty well when they get a clean pocket. Um, I think number five Boyd, I believe, is his name. Uh, the running back. I think he's a, a pretty solid running back. I just I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm since I'm I, a little bit removed. I don't see see it as negatively. Obviously, you know, the scores haven't turned out the way they are and the defense has some major issues but this is uh this has been a little bit a uh, little bit more negative than i thought it was going to be well i, I mean it's it, you got to also understand where razorback fans come from they're coming from a time where they they have not won an sec game since 2017 and that game was against an old miss team that was awful that they needed a crazy uh comeback late in the game and brett bm was last year they are on the verge. I mean, they've lost, of course, at this point, uh, believes 14 straight SEC games, uh, not including the other three horrible losses of Colorado State, North Texas, and San Jose State over the past two seasons. They haven't had anything to feel good about. I mean, nothing. And I know that I get what you guys are saying and coming from, like, you know, you look at if you look at just particular breakdowns and particular positions and particular plays. Like, if you took it all away, it's like, well, they only lost to Kentucky by four. There's no shame in that. They only lost to Texas A&M by four. That's, that's not the biggest deal in the world. And, that's, and I get that. But it's a matter of this team and the decisions that are made by this coaching staff has people have zero faith in, in anything, in, in this team accomplishing anything. And now you're starting to see some guys decommit. You're starting to see some guys leave the team and are into the transfer portal. It has just been an absolute uh, terrible time to be a Razorback football fan, not just this year, but just over the past few years. I mean, the last time I think Arkansas fans had something to feel good about was in 2016, and, and when and Brett Beal was second to last year when they beat Florida at home. 
that was the last game that I can really remember where Razorback fans felt really confident and really good about their football program. So you got to take that into consideration. It's not just this season, guys. It's been a long time coming. So, John, if a lot of fans, a lot of Arkansas fans get what they want, as you stated earlier in the show, if they move on from Morris, do you think the whole Malzahn to Arkansas thing kind of starts again? <laughs> I I hope not. because I bet it does. I agree with you, but I bet it does. I think it will, too. I yeah. think there will be some people out there saying it. But my, my thing is, it's like, listen, they have. If, if Gus Malzahn wasn't going to come a few a couple years ago when he had that chance, he's not going to come now unless he's fired from Auburn. Maybe he'll consider it then. But I, I think that there will be some fans, especially if it starts getting a little quiet where they're hearing names and they're getting turned down or maybe they're thinking that you know this they're not going to end up with some big-name coach. They'll probably turn to Malzahn at least. I think there will always be an element of that, but I – I don't know. You guys probably know a lot better than I do. I just don't see any way that Malzahn would leave Auburn and come to Arkansas unless he was about to get fired and he knew that for sure. That would be the only way I'd mm-hmm. see it. But uh, I, I, I'm sure it'll get revved up. I'm sure the message boards will start bringing it up, and I'm sure I'm going to have to talk about it once again on my radio show and punch <laughs> myself in the face repeatedly because <laughs> I, that's one of the few things I just get sick and tired of talking about is the Gus Malzahn and Arkansas angle when it comes to Razorback fans. Well, uh, John, you know, you and I interviewed for, uh, you know, we were on each other's podcast a few years ago, really right before all of the Gus Malzahn to Arkansas chatter started. You know, I think we had a small part in that because of some of the comments that uh, that you kind of brought up on that show back when SEC Country was a thing. But really, uh, after that, it just kind of swelled and swelled and swelled. And I think Malzahn saw a, a perfect situation, obviously perfect timing with both of those wins against Georgia and Alabama that year back in 2017. But I just don't think that's going anywhere. I, I really think that's kind of always going to be a thing. And you know, if I had to bet one way or the other – if Malzahn coaches at Arkansas before his coaching career is done, I would probably say that he does. Do you think I'm off on that? No, I don't think you're off on it. It's just going to be, again, I, I see the scenario playing out where if it, it's perfectly timed where Auburn is firing Gus Malzahn and Arkansas needs a coach. To me, if that's the case, I think that it will absolutely happen. I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't happen. Arkansas it is an SEC school. They have enough money to, to pay Malzahn what he's what he's worth. And I think that there's always just been an angle from Malzahn saying, you know, I, I'd always like to coach at Arkansas. He's an alum. He's from there. Uh, he's well-respected in the high school ranks. I think there will always be that. But at the same time, though, man, it, it's just I know who his agent is. His agent is Jimmy Sexton. And I don't think right. Razorback fans can deal with Jamie, Jimmy Sexton again in the, in the teasing and the, in the getting the people like me on the radio show saying, oh, this is what I'm hearing. My sources are saying that he's here. He's coming. He's, it's happening. And then get played again. I think it's almost like Razorback fans would love it because, hey, at this point in time, you'll take about anybody. Like Razorback fans take Bobby Petrino back right now if they could. That's yeah. how bad things are. What about Bielema? Did they take Bielema no, back? He's got a Super no, no, Bowl no. now. Yeah, no, 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 not not Bielema, not okay. Bielema. That is that's that's a little crossing the line for these sure. Rack fans. I understand. Not and not John L. Smith. I think those are the two coaches they would for sure not take back. But uh, I just I see that being the only scenario in which that happens is if the timing is just perfect. But I, I mean, I've always felt like Malzahn's done a good job at Auburn. 
I've always felt like Auburn's one of the most, if not the most difficult power five job to win at, not because of the lack of resources, but because of what you have to go up against and be compared to every single year. So essentially, if if Razorback fans are kind of hoping that if Malzahn's going to be the guy that he does just bad enough this season to get fired so they that way they could finally make the match made in heaven happen. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. As far as looking at Saturday's contest, I think something that a lot of Auburn fans are concerned about is Auburn fans are horrified of 11 a.m. kickoffs. They Mm -hmm. hate 11 a.m. kickoffs more than I think any other fan base in the country. So obviously on the road adds a different element to it, even though I think earlier the kickoff on the road, I I think it benefits the road team the earlier the kickoff is. But Auburn is without their lead running back, and it doesn't really seem like there's a clear-cut, talented guy behind them. They've got some experience in Cam Martin, which I think is going to get the majority of the carries, but... That is, uh, that is something that I think if Arkansas is to pull the upset on Saturday, I think they've got to shut down the sovereign running game. I think they'll have a chance to do it. Yeah, they might. In fact, I was, uh, I was, I was reading some. I think it was from Brandon Marcello. Uh, he was uh, pointing out the fact that against John Chavis' defenses, Gus Malzahn's actually had four of his ten worst offensive performances mm-hmm. as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator. I, th- I believe that's what the stat was, which I thought was really interesting, too, because that's not one of those things that uh, just seems like it was common knowledge. So last year, even if you look at that, I know Arkansas won- lost 31 to three, 34 to three, something like that. But I remember the big stat that get thrown out is last year's worst Auburn performance offensively was that Arkansas game. And so that's why in this game, particularly, I think that it might be closer than what people think. I know a lot of Razorback fans are just saying it's 52 nothing, but I think that it will be a closer game. I still think Auburn will win, mm-hmm. but I think that with the injury, of course, like you like you mentioned, to, it was a Whitlow. Is that correct? Is that the, the yeah the start of this out? Yeah. So if he with him being injured. And of course, the matchups and, you know, say what you want. I think Bo Nix has done well, but he's still a true freshman quarterback. And there's always going to be an element there. I I mean, I think it could be a competitive game. But at the end of the day, I think that the offensive and defensive line, especially the defensive line for Auburn, is just too good for Arkansas because Arkansas's biggest problems this year has been trench play and on both sides of the ball. And I think Auburn's going to be able to win that matchup handedly on both sides of the ball. So that will be eventually what ends the game for Arkansas. Yeah, the spread is 16 and a half is the last that I saw it at. And that kind of surprised me just because Malzahn, I mean, Arkansas week, it's like he's prepping for the Super Bowl. I mean, Auburn fans get so frustrated because they'll be up, you know, 21 to three or 28 to three or whatever against Arkansas in the past. And 
You know, he'll call this ridiculous trick play, and it's like, why are you using that now? You, <laughs> there are several other opportunities where you had more to gain from calling that play, but you know, it, it, it's like he he preps more for Arkansas mm-hmm. than any other game in the season. It's fascinating to me, and a lot of Auburn fans have a lot of chatter about that. So I was a little surprised at the line is sixteen and a half. I mean, do do you think that's a good line, John? I actually do. I do. Okay. There's just, uh, I think that it's again going to be a lower scoring game than what we think. And I think Arkansas offensively will at least be able to get a couple things moving here and there because they've done that each game. And also, what a lot of people don't realize is that Arkansas and half of their games this season has had a defensive touchdown. Uh, they've been really good at not only causing turnovers, but uh, being able to take advantage of said turnovers. So there's been some elements of that. So I think the line's just about right. And to talk about your point about Arkansas and Gus Malzahn and that angle and how you feel like they prepare a lot more for him, uh, for Arkansas than they do most other SEC teams. I've noticed that too. And and it's almost like kind of weird because it's like Arkansas has not had success against Malzahn as a head coach. They've only beaten him one time. And that was in 2015 in quadruple overtime. That was a crazy game. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was absolutely insane. And, so that's the only time Arkansas has beaten Malzahn. And honestly, that's the only time Arkansas has really gotten close to beating Malzahn or at least had a close game against Malzahn because we all remember, I believe it was the year after that in 2016 when they got beat like 52 to 3 uh, over in Auburn. So it, it's just been it's been a weird series. Malzahn's always made sure that he's taking care of business. But against Arkansas and, and against Chad Morris, which I know there's an element of friendship there, I think it's always just going to mean a little more to him. And as long as we're talking about on the field stuff that's happening there, what can we expect to see as far as the quarterback position for Arkansas? Obviously, they bring in both graduate transfers, Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle. They've both played this season. Um, Nick Starkle made headlines when he threw out his Justin Bieber shirt after throwing five interceptions against San Jose State. Who are we going to see? Are we going to see both? Are we going to see one? Are we going to see John Stephen Jones? what's going on at quarterback man you may see me a quarterback out there like <laughs> it is that confusing and that weird because he, both Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle which have been the two quarterbacks that have played the most and have gotten the starts it, it, it's it's we were talking about this on my show this morning it's crazy think about this guys when you have a starting quarterback or you have somebody named the starting quarterback that guy gets the first team reps. He gets the most reps. He gets the most game planning. He gets everything throughout the week in practice to make sure he is the most ready to play. But yet every single quarterback that has star- or every single game that you've had a starting quarterback, whether it's Starkle or Hicks, that quarterback has performed poorly to start the game. And then for whatever reason, whatever, whether it's an injury or poor play, when the backup comes in, the backup performs a lot better. It happened against Ole Miss when Ben Hicks was the starter. was horrible start. Nick Starkle comes in the second half, actually gets things moving. It was the same thing against Texas A&M. Starkle struggled in the beginning. Hicks comes in because Starkle gets injury, starts doing really well, and keeps Arkansas in the game. And even against Kentucky, Starkle starts the game, can't complete any passes. Even the most basic passes can't do anything. Ben Hicks comes in and plays really well. I don't understand it. It's the weirdest thing. So, I expect, because Chad Morris even said yesterday, he's like, he's not going to name a starting quarterback, and he's not going to do it probably until right before game time, which I know makes Razorback fans feel so so well and so good about that and have so much confidence. But whoever it ends up being, my guess is they will struggle, and whoever comes in to replace them will probably do pretty well. 
It happens every single game. Again, I wish I had a reason behind it. I wish I understood it, but that's just the way it is. And uh, staying on the offensive side of the ball, it seems to me like the offense kind of goes as number five goes. You know, when he's having good games, when he's getting you know, touches, carries, picking up yards, and the offense looks a lot better. Um, you know, obviously it's easy to say when a team can run the ball, the whole offense looks better. But, uh, I mean, for me, if I'm an Auburn defensive coach, my main focus is on stopping number five. What do you think Arkansas is going to have to do to get him going in this game? I feel bad for Boyd because Boyd is so good. I mean, he is a great player and arguably the great, the best offensive player on this team. And it's unfortunate to him that he, he just hasn't been able to get as many opportunities or as many chances as he deserves. But I, th I think that if, in order to get him going, this offensive line is going to just have to be better than what they have been. I mean, I knew that it was going to be a bad year this year for the offensive line. They they lost three guys from last year, which last year's offensive line was terrible. And this year they didn't do a lot in recruiting. So it, it's not much better and they don't have much depth. So it's been a struggle. But offensive line just got to open up holes for him. And also this coaching staff has to make sure that they get the ball in his hands, That whether it's in screen passes or out in the flats or whatever. He's a playmaker, man. And if you get the ball in his hands, he's liable to make a play for you. It's just you got to be creative and innovative and just can't expect to you to have him just running up the middle in between the tackles and have high success. It's just not the way it's going to be. So if the offensive line can find some way to slow down Auburn's defensive line and open up a few holes, that's going to be huge. And that's going to be crucial to whoever the quarterback ends up being to try to alleviate some of the pressure that's coming on them as well. John, just from following you on Twitter, I've seen a few of the videos that you've posted, uh, the streams of you playing NCAA and kind of projecting the game and playing that out. Have you done the uh, Have you done the one for this weekend yet? It is uh, you like perfect timing. How about that? I, I just got done playing it, and as we are speaking right now, it is uploading to YouTube. So yes, I did do the Arkansas Auburn matchup on NCAA Football 14. Does Arkansas pull it off? They do, actually. <laughs> I mean, come on. Man. You, you, I can't have Razorback fans crapping on me because I had them lose in NCAA football as well as lose on the field in real. So I had to give them something. But, uh, no, it was a close game. Uh, Arkansas actually ended up winning on a very last-second field goal, 31-28. to 28, And uh, I completely just blew up the quarterback position and decided to go with the true freshman, K.J. Jefferson, as the starter. So it was a great game, great game. But uh, – Arkansas is just just a three points better in this game, apparently, on NCAA football. But, no, I love doing those things, man. And I've gotten a lot of great responses from them. I think uh, fans enjoy watching them and fans enjoy seeing just a different element and, and a different way and approach of looking at the game and, and having fun with it. So, yeah, it's going to be hopefully uploaded in, uh, at some point tonight. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great one, though, for sure. Last question from me before we let you go. Will John Stephen Jones ever start at quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks? Well, I guess it depends on how short the uh, Razorback Foundation is on money, and Jerry Jones may need to have to write a fat check or something like that. You know, like that would be the only way I'd see him being the starting quarterback is if uh, Jerry said to make him the starting quarterback. He does have that type of power. I don't see him. I, I, I know I heard a lot about him, and so did other people, about how good he looked in fall camp and looked like he understood the offense really well. I'd be hard-pressed to think he ever starts a game. And I can tell you right now, Razorback fans would be pretty upset if he ended up starting a game. And it's not because he's not any good or anything. It's just a matter of fans don't trust 
the coaching staff. And when you're starting to put out John Stephen Jones out there, that at least sends the message to Razorback fans that you've given up and it's over. Like you, you just mailed it in and you don't care anymore. So I, I'm not saying he won't get into any game, period. But to start a game, man, that, that would have to take some serious issues, some injuries, something like that, because I, I think he's more just a guy who's on the field running scout team, and he's better served for that than he is actually playing in the SEC. John, do you have a score prediction for Saturday? I'm thinking the ballpark of 34-13. to 13. What do you think? Hey, that's, that's pretty close to what I'm feeling. I think I when I did my score predictions uh, for Hogs Illustrated Magazine earlier this week, I think I have Auburn winning 38 to 20 okay. I think is what I have. so uh and and how I explained it was that I think Arkansas uh scores a garbage touchdown late uh that ends up not really mattering it's pretty much a f- full domination by Auburn from beginning to end but I'm telling you right now folks and I'm telling you, all your listeners all you Auburn fans out there I am telling you if you do not beat Arkansas you need to fire everyone this this team is not good. You need to fire everybody. Auburn is too good of a team. I know that they have a bye week. They're coming <laughs> off against Florida. Like the this cannot happen. It will not stand, and it should not stand if you lose to Arkansas. I think that if Arkansas does win any other games, folks, this the rest of this year, guys, they're whoever they play, whoever they end up beating, that coach will be fired at the end of the season. It's it's been that type of year. For Arkansas, so who knows? Maybe that'll be a way to get Gus Malzahn early, as if Arkansas beats Auburn and they fire Malzahn, and then they just kind of make the old switcheroo. Maybe that'll happen, but I, I think it's going to be all Auburn today, guys. How serious of a firing are we talking? Lane Kiffin left on the tarmac firing, or are we talking like when he gets back, maybe before the Sunday press conference firing? You know, normally I wouldn't say the Lane Kiffin firing, but he's already in Arkansas. So if he ends up losing this game, so you may just want to leave him in Arkansas and have him have him stay there in a little bit. And there's a Waffle House on Dixon Street that he can head over to after the game. <laughs> I mean, they, they got him all set up here in Arkansas if they need to stay. But uh, but yeah, it would need to be some sort of epic, legendary firing that makes all the rounds and news outlets for sure if Auburn loses this game. John, you're, you're a great follow on Twitter. Uh, all of the Auburn folks listening, where can they find you? Yes, if they want to listen in, we have a website, hitthatline.com. Here in Arkansas, we stream all of our shows live. But you're, if you're ever in the state, we are syndicated statewide on the Morning Rush, listening to any ESPN affiliate across the entire great state. And uh, you'll be able to pick us up 6 to 9 in the morning, every weekday morning on ESPN Arkansas. Fantastic, man. Fun chatting with you for a few minutes. Appreciate it, boss. Yeah, you as well, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.